the best coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing We regroup up in the slack chat where the coaches debrief We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is top You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty So many helmets, you got blur vision, we got too many What's up everyone, welcome to The Game Plan Where we break down every game of the NFL Sunday slate from a DFS and betting angles perspective. My name is Kevin Allen, AKA the geek. I've got the sports betting and DFS goat himself. John Statsational lets you here. Let's get going. All right. It is week one, John. I guess it's good to be back together. Feels like we never left. No, man. It feels like we've been hanging out this whole time. We got the show rebranded from Geeks Vegas Lines to The Game Plan. It's no longer Geeks Show because we got the GOAT himself, John Statsational Alessia, sports gambling professional, top 10 ranked DFS pro. All the advice we need. You are going to the DraftKings Fantasy Baseball Championships tomorrow, John. Um, you going to win this one? You can take one down, bro? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, it's been a terrible year for me in these live finals. I, I've been uh, I've been brutal. I mean, you know, especially with baseball, a lot of luck involved. So we'll see. Last time out, I was in Denver. Colorado did absolutely nothing at home while I was there. So we'll see. I haven't even looked at the slate. You know what? It's it's definitely you know it's always going to be tricky, especially for a tournament player, a mass multi entry specialist such as yourself, to break it all down into one lineup. But it's going to happen. You you know what to do. And one of these times, you're going to walk away with a million dollars. You're going to be like, Kevin, fuck you. I don't want to do your show anymore. I'm out. And uh, now you won't. No, you won't. you won't. I would never leave you. No. Um, I love – it's not so much you. It's, it's uh, you know, I, lo it's I love the – I love the. it's really not you. I love getting the comments from people, you know, when they win. My favorite thing is when I get comments from people that they won and they took my advice. And then I look back and I go, well, why didn't I take my advice? And then I didn't have the player that they used. So – um, but I, I really do. I love getting all the feedback from everybody and, uh, and hearing, hearing some wins. So let's, I mean, let's try to get a million. That, that's what we're going to do. I mean, let me break down what we do on the game plan. And again, we're carrying this over from geeks, Vegas lines from the past couple of years, rebranded the game plan. And what we do is we're going to take a look at all the games. We're going to, we have a core four games that we've selected for this week that we particularly like that. We're going to focus on for our daily fantasy lineups that we're going to stack. We're going to, we're going to do a little extra Break down on those four. And then the rest of the game, we're going to briefly go through, get some DFS angles, get some betting angles going, identify a few bets, and all of that. So before we get into it, I want to talk about our sponsor for this show, Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. And I've been talking about Owner's Box for a while. The coolest thing about that format, John, is they are super flex. So you can, when you talk about correlations and building correlative lineups, you can get full correlation because now I can pair... Why I, I, I everything is correlation on owner's box right now. You could you get two quarterbacks in there, wide receivers from both of those games. You could have two quarterbacks from the same game. You could get um QB plus one, QB plus one, and then comebacks. So the key to winning on owner's box is building massively correlated lineups. And here's another thing, John, and you and I have talked about this at the beginning of many seasons. Newer sites like Owner's Box, they put up promotional tournaments specifically for week one to bring people in and what is my favorite thing in the world overlay overlay is when a contest doesn't come close to filling and i promise you guys i don't know how to say this stronger they have a giant 100k contest 
it will not fill. It won't even get close to filling. So the same way I built up my my um, my super draft account, which was just take advantage of insane overlay that they had a ton of last season. We love super draft. Um, Owner's Box is doing the same thing this year. I am going to be taking advantage of the free money. Now, I'm going to be playing in that overlay contest because I love money and I love winning it. And this is an easy way to do it, John. It sounds like I have some work to do. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I got two hours on a plane. I'm going to start doing some more uh, investigating because that's about the only time I have free time is when I could sit on an airplane. So that's the nice thing. I'm going to look thing, into right? it. All of a sudden, you're flying. You can get some work done. Now, um, couple, just one last note on Owner's Box. Um, we have a promo code and link in the description of this video below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you use that link and you use promo code Drew9, you got to use the link in the description here and use promo code Drew9. They're going to put $10 in your account for free. No deposit, no nothing. So it's a little extra bonus. That beyond the fact that they're giving out free money, in the tournament because of the massive overlay that I guarantee you will be there week one. And I'm talking about like a half full tournament where it's a GPP, but half the people are getting filled, maybe more are, are getting paid, maybe more. Um, but beyond that, they're giving you 10 bucks to play in it for free just by using promo code drew nine. When you sign up with your account using the link uh, in the description below. So make sure you do that. Now, one other order of business, John is here representing sharp app. Sharp app is the app that you need if you are a sports better it allows you to track your bets you get john's free bet of the day every day. dude how have your your free bet of the day has been absolutely crushing i feel like it's like 11 and and two over the last 13 days like it's been free money bro yeah i if i could remember every loss that means we're doing really well and i could i could probably remember every loss in the last there's, there's been about three losses in the last two weeks and that's not exaggerating my dad just texted me right before we went on he's like what the hell's your record on these free bets? Because he's been now following all the free bets. And I go, I don't know exactly. I, I have to go back and track it, but it's been really, really good. And they're mostly money line dogs in the NFL uh, in Major League Baseball. So it's just been, it, it's been, you know, hopefully we're building up that bankroll now for the NFL and college football, which we had a phenomenal weekend last weekend in college football uh, up, with the guys. The Sharp Bets team. Sharp Bets up team was up like, uh, yeah, 11, 12 units last week um, as a group. And What's great is we got the Discord. You guys watching from DFS Army know all about the Discord. We've got Discord with the Sharp uh, SharpBets.app and Sharp App Team, and a lot of it's free. So we're getting, you know, the college football last weekend was just everyone sweating out the games together. It was a lot of fun. So I think this weekend is just going to be even crazier with the NFL. I'm going to try to jump in there while I'm in Philly. But, uh, but yeah, we're having a lot of fun with Sharp, Sharp yeah. App. Download it and check it out, and you get to see this space on a daily basis plus um, uh, a whole lot more content. Yeah, just the basics of Sharp. You go to either sharp.app or you can go to the iOS store. You can go to the Android store, whatever phone you have. You just type in Sharp app. The app is free. The advice is priceless. Um, but the app is free. And the the promo that's being run right now, the first 1,000 people to download the app are getting a free month of the Sharp bets.app betting service. That's where John shares tips all of his bets. He's got a team of sports betting pros um, in there as well. Like I said, giving out all those tips that, uh, picks and it's, it's free for the first month when you download the sharp app, sharp app is free. So it's like, Hey, why wouldn't you take this? It's free. Um, so make sure you go download the app. All right, let's get into it. NFL week one. We are not looking at the Thursday night game. We're going straight to the Sunday's main slate. And we're going to talk about our core four games, John. And our, the first game that you and I have selected as a game to concentrate 
on for daily fantasy purposes this week is the Eagles-Falcons game. Here we go. 48.5 point total. Falcons coming in as a slight 3.5 point favorite. Now, John, first of all, it's a, it's a good high total game. Neither one of these teams play very good defense. Um, right off the bat, are you seeing any betting angles here? I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this one at 48.5 point total. I see Falcons with a new defensive coordinator who brings a complex system. Going to take a minute. Going to take a minute for them to figure out how to run that defense. He's a good good coordinator. Can we, is this a play to the over game to you? I think it potentially could be an over. I, I, I don't like either side. I think they priced it pretty well. Um, if you go in, in DFS, uh, DFS Army, I've got the power rankings up. I've got the um, – I know you love those. And the, I do uh, love the power rankings. And, and, and the, the numbers. Now, a lot of this is obviously going to be based on last season. So I would expect that rushing number is probably a little low because of Hertz now, right? So Hertz is going to presumably going to increase that rushing number massively, massively. It, so yeah. So what we're looking at again, I have adjusted slightly. We're going to see this. To me, if you're going to bet this game one way or the other, it's what your opinion is on Hertz, and that that's strictly going to be how you bet it. If you are, if if you're just extremely bullish, way more than the market, obviously, then this is a Philly bet. If you think he's worse. This is an Atlanta bet. If you're unsure, like me, I'm I'm not 100% sure what we're going to get here in week one. I'm passing on the bet, but I think the I think this game has a, a higher likelihood of going over than it does under. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see good defenses here, right? I mean, Philly has actually been okay at stopping the run. Um, traditionally, they, they do put pressure on the quarterback position. That's like what Philly has done in the past, but nothing too intimidating here. And, and the Falcons offense is very explosive. Uh, flip side is Atlanta's defense, not very good. Um, you see here the numbers. I mean, the passing numbers, expectation. Philly couldn't throw the football last year, and yet they're getting a 261 here expectation because, again, these numbers carry over from last year. It's really hard. I don't trust the power rankings, John. No, I'm it's like tough in week one. one. Yeah. As I'm going to week five, week six, week seven, because teams change a little bit. But overall, for, for, for DFS purposes, I really love the game. Uh, I'll tell you why. Number one, I don't love all of it, but I love some aspects of it. Number one, I love Atlanta, right? You got to like Calvin Ridley here. It's going to be peppered with targets. Mike Davis is going to be, I think, low-owned, John. He's the cheapest of the workhorse running backs this week by far. And I think he's going to be low-owned. I actually think that you can get Mike Davis at sub, you know, 10% ownership, maybe sub 8 or 7% ownership. For cheaper than like this whole group of Joe Mixon and and uh, and Gibson and all of these guys, so there's an interesting leverage spot there. Yeah, don't quote any of the percentages I give you now on Thursday because I'm going to run this about I don't know six or seven thousand times before Sunday comes. But I wanted to run just a real basic uh, some lineups because as you know, I I mass enter 150 lineups, um, and I had them at 16 percent just on my first go around. One six. Yeah, one six. That's that's probably the appropriate amount of ownership, but I don't think he'll be owned that high. Yeah, if that's the case, uh, if you're correct, then absolutely, I'd love to be double the market there um, on Davis. You know, it's interesting in football. Davis, I, I, I'm you're a fan. You're a season long fantasy guy. I don't know where you stood on Mike Davis this year. I'm a little hesitant. Um, but you know a whole lot more on the season fantasy side than oh, I do. I, I I'm, like I'm following on a week by week basis. So are you bullish on on Davis this year? What I love about Davis is that I can handcuff him with Gallman. So 
I, I've got it locked down no matter what happens. And, and that's all I really care about. I think that we saw last year the dead-legged Todd Gurley, and he was dead-legged, right? Dead-legged. Could not move. He was slow as molasses. He still was churning touchdowns for this offense because they just fed him around the goal line. They don't really have, like, a, a, now they have pits. We're going to have to see how that dynamic comes into play. And speaking of pits, but, but like, they fed Gurley around the goal line, and, and he was able to just plod his way in for touchdown after touchdown, and he didn't get a lot of yardage. I actually think Mike Davis is much more, it's much less dead-legged than Gurley. I mean, I think you saw those thighs in the offseason, gigantic thighs. I think he's going to come into the season hot. I think he's an all-around good player, and he catches passes. So I, I like Mike Davis this year, and I love that, like I said, even though um, he, uh, even though he's not a guy, I, I think he wears down. That's why I like the Goldman backup play. I love that. If you if, if Goldman's available in your fantasy league, go grab him. Um, one other detail about this game. So on the flip side, it's really hard to stack Hurts, and it's going to make it hard to run Hurts stacks. I in MME, John, I. I did a back test project with a lot of the DFS Army subscribers that hung out with me late night, multiple nights, many, many hours, going through every single game last season, back testing with the Dom station, figuring out what sorts of settings really work uh, for the optimizer to hammer out 150 and, and take down tournament. We, we were able to take down a few tournaments just doing this test. And um, I don't like not stacking. Like, I found that that was just not good. As a matter of fact, I liked heavy stacking. That was the best success we had. QB plus two. There's no way you can run Hertz with two. So I'm not really sure what to do with that. I like Hertz as a cash play week one. I'm not so sure what to do with him as a tournament play. What I mean, what do you think about that? Do you have a an idea with that? Or can I just skip him as a tournament you, play? You, you know what pops up in my head, though? Remember, what was it, two years ago, the Lamar Jackson breakout game one where it was like, it was game one. I think they played Miami and he, you know, they scored like 50 something points. Um, and we said, I know I certainly said, I'm like, when I built my lineups, I did not stack Lamar Jackson that day. And if you didn't have him with like Andrews and Brown, you didn't win. So I'm like, that's what's going on in the back of my mind. I'm like, Hertz has that kind of potential to have that big game. So I'm not going to not stack him um, this week. I, I, I will be using him at least with one pass catcher. I do. Uh, you did touch on a point last year was a year where it was almost every week you needed two pass catchers with the quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, I'm more about a line of construction, as you know, than the necessarily projections to me, constructing your lineup is, is a whole lot more important correlation. Um, yes. The correlations, how you construct your lives in all sports. And I think that's where I've had an edge um, and where I don't necessarily have the edge, let's say in a single entry. Uh, but maybe in multi-entry. Now, I don't see why that changes. Will will any? I mean, nothing's going to change as far as I, the reason those those big stacks were working, or the you know the two wide receiver stacks, or wide receiver tight end, even a running back wide receiver stack with the quarterback was just because the offense has been you know offense has obviously gone through the roof, and I don't I don't see them changing anything. None of the rules have changed here, so. We can expect a lot more offense. I think we just continue to see that where maybe we have to start changing our builds. We do to two pass catchers plus the comeback player on the other side plus the wide uh, plus the quarterback. John, the the back test the back test absolutely proved that to me. Um, and I will give you. There's a piece of math that I don't want to do right now, but I will bust it out in the players' club on Saturday. 
that explains why there is math to this that explains why more correlation in the lineup just massively increases the odds of that lineup hitting regardless of individual players the way that it the way the math works because of removing potential duds from the lineups and that that correlative approach absolutely mathematically increases your win odds i've got some math i've got to work out the math to be honest with you <laughs> the formula but i'm going to try to bust that out on the players club on mm -hmm. saturday but yeah overall you've got to get lots of correlation and i saw and approved it in the back test you know qb plus two one on the comeback was the absolute correct way to play it last season was was in most of the winning tournament winning lineups last season um with a few exceptions so we got to roll with that um, yeah, as far as this game goes, any other thoughts? Uh, the problem with Jalen Hurts is just who to stack him with. You've got you've got Smith, you've got Devonta Smith, who I really like. You've got uh, Ertz and Goddard. Don't know which guy is going to be the guy. Jalen Rager hasn't been great. And Quez Watkins might be the sleeper that wins you a million dollars this week. Could be Quez. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game on our core four. Here we go. Cardinals. Titans. Cardinals come in as two and a half point underdogs in this game. Three point, two and a half point. I'm really curious about this this line. It's really close. Um, two and a half or three points, depending on what book you look at. This is one of those reasons why you want to shop your odds, people. Here's a here's a minus three or minus two and a half. You want this, but what is this? What is this book? That's Caesars. Caesars, there we go. Caesars with the best, um, looks to have the best number on this one. So um, you want to go there for the, uh, no, actually it's this one here, Unibet. There we go. Unibet gives you the best line. You got to have a lot of different outs, but um, two and a half, two and a half point favorite for the Titans. Massive 52 and a half. But this is a, this is a game, John, we've got to concentrate on for DFS this week. But right off the bat, betting angles, 52 and a half point total, two and a half slash three point spread. Um, do you have any leans here? I, I do. I have. A, I, I don't think this is going to be a play that I'm giving out. So you know, if I'm in uh, office pools, I, I, I I'm going to take a guess that I'm against you on the side here. I because just because I keep, I, I'm hearing a lot of things about uh, negative with Arizona, but I kind of like Arizona on the side. I think most people are going to probably have ten. If you're in an office pool, this is going to be heavily bet uh, Tennessee, heavily Tennessee pick. Um, I don't know, you know, I could be totally wrong, obviously, but I, I, I'm a little bit more bullish than I've been listening to on the radio and reading about on Arizona, but you probably like this over as well. If I, uh, if I had a guess, no, I, I don't like the over. What I like is I like the Titans side of this game. Yeah. I just like the Titans to cover the two and a half. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like the three. So as long as I can get the two and a half point spread, I got to go to Unibet for it. Um, but I like, or, or I'd buy that half point, but I like the Titans to cover here and mainly because like. I think what's good about the Cardinals, right? They were, they weren't a very winning team last year. They really haven't changed a whole lot. I do like, you know, Kyler Murray year three in the system. You know, we've seen, like we saw Josh Allen really take a leap forward uh, with each progressive year in his passing. And I think the flaw, the fatal flaw in Kyler Murray so far has been when he's not running around like, like what he do, which is awesome. his, his touch and timing, it's not quite Cam Newton level bad, but it, it hasn't been great. So can he take a step forward in the passing side of things, especially as a pocket passer on occasion? I think that's something we're going to learn here in the first few weeks. Um, do you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like he would probably need to step, but from what I saw from the Cardinals last season coming in, they were just not, 
they were a great offense, but they're not a great team, or they weren't. So I'm not sure they're going to cover there. They're not a great team. I the thing is, I think Tennessee is a little bit overrated. So I kind of early on the season, I just want to look at um, when I'm betting who's getting a lot of hype, who's you know who's getting hyped to the upside, and who's being uh, battered because that's where the lines are going to move, and I want to know which teams are overvalued, which teams are undervalued. I think Tennessee might be a little overvalued on the season. If I'm correct that they're overvalued on the season, then that usually plays out in the first few weeks. We'll we'll see. It could go um, the opposite way. But you know, when you pick you you, you get a guy like Julio Jones, um healthy you know, everyone one. Healthy. You know, we're not gonna yeah. have healthy Julio 17 weeks, but we get it week one. That's nice. And what's it do for Derrick Henry? So I I think you know this could be a great Derrick Henry game uh, when we're talking about fantasy because you know Arizona's not gonna stop the run all that well, but they're going to be able, you know, on the flip side, Arizona's going to be able to move the ball too. Kyler Murray's, we'll see, are they going to use him to run as much? You know, that's always the question with these running quarterbacks. How, you know, they always want to start scaling, but, you know, year three, year four, they're like, well, we don't want him taking as many hits anymore, which is totally understandable. Um, so they, th that did not work well for when he hurt no. the shoulder, like you nailed it last season. When he hurt the shoulder and they, th that was one, of, I feel like it was like one of the best calls of the show all last year. Um, when, Murray Murray was like all in every week and then he hurts the shoulder and we we're kind of like, you know, we've seen these running quarterbacks get a little nagging injury and what happens is the team protects them. They're not running around and they stop scoring amazing fantasy points. Um, but also that Cardinals really stopped winning it. And that was that was what kind of proved to me, oh, when he has to be a pocket passer, the offense just does not work very well. Like it works great, though, when, when he can run for the first down, you know, two or three times a game at that point the offense is efficient, but if he's got a throw, if he misses those throws, like they're just not converting first downs enough when he's exclusively throwing the football, but he'll be healthy week one. So I think, you know, I think yeah. we'll get the right. Listen, this is a team. This is a game. we got to stack. We got to stack the shit out of it. It's 52 and a half points. We learned through again, through the back test that you need to concentrate on these high total games. It was the chalk was hitting. I don't know. Chalk. They were hitting last year. Like, it was again going through the back. What you saw was like that fifty-seven point game. You should have not just stacked it; stacked the shit out of it and made massive exposure to it because there were only a couple times when they really chalk exploded in your face. More often than not, those games were scoring the most points, and those quarterbacks were putting up massive numbers. And Russell Wilson with his two guys, or, you know, those games were smashing. So, you know, with the Titans. You're right about Derrick Henry, but I'm going to tell you something. Derrick Henry will not be owned this week. This is another leverage scenario. And again, I've got another whole lesson that I'm going to do in the Players Club about ownership and why two players with kind of similar outlooks, if one's going to be high owned and the other one's not, you literally will just make money not playing the high owned guy, but playing the other one. Because, you know, even if it's 40, 60, how often one will hit versus the other, if you can get the ownership leverage, that's the king of all things DFS and making money. But, um, if Derrick Henry, let me throw this scenario at you as as like a DFS goat. Derrick Henry going to be 7% owned. Alvin Kamara below him, a couple hundred, going to be 25% owned, right? Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey all priced a little bit higher in the 20% owned range. But Derrick Henry, and there's a couple of other names like Jonathan Taylor, there's a couple of other guys like this that are in that price range that are all going to be 5 6% owned. So how do you treat that when you're mass multi-entering? Yeah, like I said, you know, I'm usually under 
those guys, the, those guys at the top, I'm usually slightly under, and I'm usually going to be a little bit over um, those guys who are undervalued, like Henry. So, like I said, when I just ran with uh, some of the parameters that I usually like to put in the filters, um, I was I came up again sixteen percent. Seems like a magic number on Henry. So again, I would love you know when when the ownerships come out Sunday morning, I'm going to be looking at it, and I'd be very happy being over on a Derrick Henry in a game with a 50 plus total against a defense that really doesn't stop the run all that well. So I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied with that. Um, you know, there's other good options, but I, your chances of winning a bid GPP, of course, increase when you've got um, guys with similar type of projections that you can get leverage on when that guy pops, you're going to hopefully in an MME situation, you're going to, you're going to be able to have that right combination. hundred percent. I mean, that's just how you win tournaments on on the on the titan side i think one of the things i like about their team very very focused offense they're not they don't have like a third wide receiver who really i mean josh reynolds i think he's the the number three right now but um it's going to be julio it's going to be aj brown and it's going to be derrick henry rushing the football so i just think uh, if you're playing ryan Tannehill, it's got to be a stack with at least one uh, ferks are i'm i'm stacking Tannehill probably with at least two although he does run for a touchdown once in a while I don't care. I'm 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 rolling him with two guys if I can. Can we can um, we leave him off of uh, uh, Henry lineups? Yeah, probably avoid him. Although there have been a couple of occasions where it's worked with Henry as well, but you know, probably not. Right? We don't need that. So you want to leave Henry off of those lineups. And on the Kyler Murray side, I think again DeAndre Hopkins is the prime guy, and and you have a whole bunch of names there. AJ Green is there now. Christian Kirk is is an occasional has a good game guy. And I think the only other name that I'd mess with on that team is um, Chase Edmonds, a, a pass catching running back. Um, uh, you know, what about Rondell Moore? Oh, Rondell Moore. I forgot Rondell Moore. That's right. Rondell Moore is actually very interesting. And I do like him a lot. He actually pops as one of our best values for week yeah. one. But a lot of these rookie wide receivers are popping like that. Rookie wide receiver. This week sets up so crazy with the rookie wide receivers. You have no idea. It's It's a very unique week one. All the rookies are basically 3K. We have no idea who's going to be used. We'll talk about some of these other guys. Great, great name to bring up. Um, and, and yeah, Mike, uh, one of our commenters, Michael Roberts, saying Henry, he has, but you know, that's 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 what we call noise. Like you know, there's only been like five times that he's started. So you know, like there's only he's only around for five seasons. We don't know. But um, these rookie wide receivers, I don't Rondell Moore. Elijah Moore, uh, you know, there's 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 a whole slew of them, even uh, Kadarius Tony, you know, uh, Ter Terrace Marshall. There's like they're all three K. Somebody's gonna go off week one and win somebody a million dollars. It could be Rondell Moore. So I like that game. Stack it up both sides of it. Um, again, quarterback, you want to load up with the pass catchers, one player from the opposite team. It's, it's one of the games going to be loading up on. I, I like, there are other games I like as well. We'll continue with that on the core four. You ready, John? Next as ready up, as I will be. Next up, this is the big one. This is the one that stands out above all others. This is the GOAT game. Kansas City taking on the Chiefs. Uh, uh, Chiefs taking on the Browns. Chiefs coming in, six-point favorites, 54.5-point game total. The number has been rising. The number has been rising. Is there? Is it too low? Fifty-four and a half. Should we just it's higher than that? It should be higher. Pat Mahomes, two two teams that look like playoff-bound teams, both 
teams that we've talked about as potential AFC uh, championship game rivals. Yeah, I mean this this is a I mean it certainly plays as the uh, the game of the the game of the Sunday in the main slate, and this is an interesting game for me because typically a team like Kansas City coming off a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, all the you know in from a sports betting standpoint, they tend to be an overbet. Uh, team, but they're playing Cleveland, who might be the most, in my opinion, the most overrated team coming into the season. So it's a it's so an harsh. interesting dichotomy. You know, early in the season, um, when you're when you're betting, and I've I've, I've learned this the hard way, uh, when you're betting NFL, very difficult to go against certain quarterbacks. Mahomes is one of those guys. You're either betting him or you or you're not betting the game. Uh, that would be my one piece of advice. That goes for Russell Wilson, typically, and um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those type of guys. Okay, they outperform what all the the statistical models show, and that that's been proven over time. Um, but where it is not, where they tend to not do as well for whatever reason, is the first couple of weeks, two three weeks of the season, and I believe that has a lot to do with just the overhype on those quarterbacks and their teams. They sort of underperform a little bit against the point spread. And then the point spread adjusts, and then that's when you have to start hammering them. So um, this week, I'm I would tend to not want to bet on uh, Kansas City for what I just said early in the season. But I do think this is a game where last year Cleveland looked really good against them. Probably should have won that game with Mahomes getting hurt. I could see Kansas City blowing them out in this game. Yeah, I um, I could see going on the for a DFS perspective, my my overarching view of the game is that the Browns will come in and obviously everybody has the same plan against the chiefs, which is let's keep, let's keep Mahomes off the field. Let's run the football. Let's, let's control the clock. Let's, you know, smash them in the face with Nick Chubb, right? Let's smash them in the face with Travis Kelsey, uh, not Travis Kelsey, but Kareem hunt. But what's going to happen real quick is the, the chiefs, if they're doing chiefly things, are going to be scoring and scoring rapidly. And then the Browns are going to have to throw that run the football thing out the window and start throwing the football. So um, I, I do think these are both good teams. I do think the Browns can potentially stay competitive here, especially early on, but they're going to have to throw the football. They're not going to be able to do it just controlling the clock with the run, or it's highly unlikely that they're going to be able to pull that off for a, a long period of time. You know, therefore, um, you know, the Chiefs offense is really easy to predict. Like we're basically going to get stuck with probably Hardman and Hill or Hardman and Kelsey. It's really hard to get Mahomes with Hill and Kelsey all in one lineup together. Could be done, but it's not it's not easy. But I'm going to want a mix of all kinds of stacks like that. And on the Brown side, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, viable week one. You can play him in DFS. I don't like Baker Mayfield as a DFS play most weeks. You could play him here. Um, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., even DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones. What? The Peoples, the Peoples wide receiver, as they like to call him. All in play. Um, I don't like the tight ends for the Cleveland. It's hard to figure out which one, but Hoop, Hooper and Joku, there's a lot of them. Too many of them. Well, what do you think about that? I think this is a stack it up all different ways game, John. Yeah, more than likely there's going to be a ton of points here. Probably, I mean, on paper, this looks like this game, I'd say, in that and that Tennessee game are are the the games where you, you could see um, the multi stack. Like you said, hard to always do that with 
the Kansas City team. But, you know, who's the cheaper player? Is the, Do we get the tight end on the other side right, you know, to be able to fit in the guys that we need to fit in? Uh, tough. You know, here. Yeah, real t- well, you know, they get make the it tough for a reason. Right. Oof. Yeah, they make it tough for a reason. But I, I can certainly say – I can't see – I don't see Cleveland slowing them down, um, which means Cleveland's going to have to put points up. I don't love – I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy, um, but in a situation like this, sure, he could put up the points. I don't think it's going to be a Mayfield uh, winner. I don't. I don't think we see that, but uh, who knows? But I, I would be leaning heavier on the Kansas City side of this game, using the the Cleveland pieces as the uh, as the additions here, as the opposite. So I'd like. I much. I much prefer trying to figure out how to fit Mahomes in with his guys, and then finding cheaper pieces. On the Cleveland side. It's easier to just do the one-man comeback with Cleveland. Yeah. You, could, you know, you've got a really well-priced Odell Beckham. Has not done it in his tenure in Cleveland, but maybe this is the year. Um, Jarvis Landry, uh, a little more expensive. It's over a little over 6K, but everybody's going to play Odell because he's cheaper and he's a bigger name. Jarvis Landry is a win-you-a-tournament guy. He has done it before. He's put up 25, 35 fantasy points for this team, and no one likes him. It's one of those, it's one of those things. No one likes Landry. He's kind of like a Cole Beasley but a more consistent bird. No one likes him. No one ever plays him, but um, unless like a showdown where you're forced to, but he's good. Like he'll, you know, if they're throwing a lot, Jar- Jarvis Landry will be involved. And um, a little bet from a sharp app people, little little prop bet that I'm interested in in this one, Nick Chubb to score a touchdown plus 120. I like it. I think there's going to be a lot of tutties to go around. I think Nick Chubb probably get one of them. How do you like that? How do you like them? I, I like to see the, you know, I don't have it in front of me, the, the Kareem Hunt numbers. Um, curious on that. Hunt does make sense in this game flow scenario. He, Maybe he also has reception numbers. Yeah, he he could be your comeback player too, instead of taking a uh instead of taking a wide receiver if you if you do that. Yeah, I could see it. If the if the Browns are playing from behind a little bit here, maybe a little bit extra to hunt. Hunt will be unowned as a running back this week in DFS as well. So really, really you can get a ton of leverage. This is cheap enough that it that it it is um, still good leverage. All right, let's go to the last game in the core four. We've got Seattle taking on the Colts. John, Seattle was winning people tournaments last season to start the season. Like all you needed to do was stack Seattle in these type of games and you won all the monies, right? Um, this game, 50 point total, Seattle three point road favorite. There's fans in the stands, John. Things have changed. Road home means something. Three-point road favorite, Seattle Seahawks. Um, 50-point game total. See any betting angles here that we can exploit? Yeah, so I'm going to have this game. I've been actually just monitoring the, the line, so I don't want to give too much out. We're going to have this this one. I'll, I'll be posting it at uh, over at sharpbets.app. And uh, the, guy, the Remember, VIP guys, by there. the way, you can get the sharpbets.app subscription and John's tip bets free when you download the Sharp app. The first 1,000 people that register on Sharp App get an email for a code for a free month of SharpBets.app. Just do it. All right, John, continue. So, um, yeah, so I, in this game, it's an interesting matchup, obviously. Um, from, a, from a betting standpoint, like I said, I do have, I do have a, a lean here that I've been waiting on. Um, and the lean is on the sides. It's not on the, um, it's, it's not on the total. So, uh, Again, you could see just for what you said last year, Seattle, this defense is it's horrible. And I don't think it's gotten any better. 
So this is going to be, when you look at the power rankings, I've got that number where we add defense, offense, and usually um, we want to see that that green number. Here we go. go. The, uh, yeah, well, you look there, and then if you go to the actual rankings, that last column, that offensive pass, the, the column on the far right, um, that's the number you're looking at for teams that you like to stack. Dallas is one of them. Seattle's historically been that team. If you go up, Seattle's about the 10th or so on the list. And uh, nice, almost the right. biggest number outside of, I mean, yeah, Dallas. And I, I love this measure. I, I can't wait until we have, like I said, data from this year because right three and four, this is one of the most useful things we have at DFS Army. This tool, guys, is it's such a cheat code for which game, and no one has it but us. That's people ask, like, what's up with DFS Army? This is what you get. I mean, you have a tool here that literally spells out which teams can you see this? Which teams are the best to get involved in stacks. It's always Dallas, always Dallas. But number two, oh, there we go, Atlanta. Yeah. Why are we fucking talking about Atlanta? There it is, right? Um, Detroit, and here we go, Seattle. Seattle was the team to stack against last year. So it's very clear in your power rank. This is a statistical power ranking sheet right there. DFS Army, sign up as a VIP. Yeah, and then I've also got the stat, which I have not updated yet. I'm going to get that out before I get on that plane. But I've got the stack probabilities. You you mentioned it earlier, like you know, don't get too deep. I, I I'm I'm not going to get into a whole lecture on uh, DFS strategy, but you don't have to try and pick the Daniel Jones to whoever stack to win. Like you said, you just did the back testing. It was the you know, it was the it was the chalky stacks. Now chalky running back might be a forty percent owned running back. Chalky stacks on the other hand, are not all that chalky. So even if you take the best stacks during a week, at most it might be 10% owned. And I'm just talking about the quarterback to receiver. It might be a 10% owned uh, stack. And then if you get the second player to be in that stack, now you're down probably like a 1% or 2% on a chalky play. So you are going to be contrarian if you just get the stack right. Don't drive yourself nuts. When I put that stack probabilities up in for DFS Army, I mean, focus your attention on the first 10 stacks and then build your lineups. From 100%. There. We need to get that third player in there, though. I'm telling you. I have a third, the third player, player option in there. Yeah. Oh, well, when you add the third player, 10 or 12% own goes down to 3 or 5%. It's so rare that people do this type of stacking, and, and it's what wins. So I love that because it's what wins. Yeah, and um, people, like I said, everyone's like, don't you think that stack's going to be high? I go, yeah, it's going to be high own, but when you start – when you put the two pieces and three pieces and then the fourth piece together, you're, you, you're going to be sub 1% of the market's going to have that exact combo. So when you hit that right and that's the nuts, now you've got a shot. So yeah, that's how you, you play these things. Get the rest of the lineup, right? Which is always um, exciting. So let's, let's jump into the details of this game. We talked about Seattle. Seattle's got, so the Colts have a pretty good, actually we could probably display this on the, on the power rankings. The Colts have a pretty good run defense, or at least they brought a pretty good run defense in from last season. We don't never, you never know week one, how teams look. They're a little weird. They're a little off. They're not themselves. No idea. No way of knowing. It takes a couple of weeks to, for a team to sort of find themselves, but the Colts had a really good run, a good defense overall last year, to be honest, but probably not good enough to stop Russ. If Russ is cooking, you know, so um, I, here we go. Like, uh, all right. So the prediction is actually, yeah, because the Colts defense was so good, it's actually uh, not showing like a great passing total number for Seattle, but even worse at the running back number. So where it, it, the Colts are pretty good against the run 
also pretty good against the pass. Good defense overall, but we have a very high game total here. And we know that Russ, if he's cooking, he's throwing to Lockett. He's throwing to DK Metcalf. And for Russ to probably produce a tournament-winning score, he needs to have two wide receivers going off for him for the month. He does not. He runs a little bit, but not enough to get us there. So, John, I think I think on the stack side of this game, and I definitely want to stack the shit out of it. Um, cause I think that the Colts will do enough to hold like a Chris Carson down to the point where he's not going to be going crazy. But if I'm playing this game, I'm stacking it. I want Russ with Metcalf and Lockett or Russ with Metcalf and Everett Lockett, Everett, that sort of combination. Uh, I'm not excited about, you know, the various number three wide receiver options for the, for the Seahawks. I think Swain is over there. They've got a rookie. I think um, the name Schwartz. Is that the rookie? Man, I can't remember his I, name. I, I'm, I'm always leery of Jewish wideouts, man. Yes. Well, Julian <laughs> well Edelman, Edelman was pretty good. Julian Edelman was pretty good. <laughs> I'm just kidding with that. But uh, the... <laughs> they're not the, the tallest. But, <laughs> yeah. But they get the job that they're quick and they're, they're savvy. Yes, exactly. They know how to get open. That's right. But um, yeah, listen, when we talk about when you talk about Russell Wilson, Seattle, the they kind of play to the competition based on how the game script. So, you know, I, I always think you always get the feeling like Seattle, you, you get this thing like, well, they just want to pound the ball. And they did that to the detriment of the team a few years ago. Like they were trying to run the ball, trying to run the ball. When you let Russ just be Russ, this team is at its best. And, 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 it, and I think, you know, when they get in a situation, that's why they they show up well on that that number that we showed for uh, stacking is because if if you score against them, like, you know, Russ is going to just throw the ball. So you're looking, when that happens, when they play a team that can score and throw the ball, Russ has his big games. That's why he shows up quite often as the winning uh, quarterback in the winning stacks. So I do agree with you here. I like the, you know, the, the Russell Wilson side of this game uh, a whole lot more stacking it that way, and then bringing back someone on the cold side. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there because I, I also think it's important that there is a definite fail scenario in this game. There's a definite play to the under scenario in this game that everybody needs to be aware of. Like I don't really see too many fail scenarios for the for the Chiefs game. That is my primary game I want to get involved with. Chiefs Browns. That's the one that excites me. I like that Atlanta Eagles game. This is my least favorite of the core four guys. And the reason is because um, Seattle has shown that if the game is not exploding from their opponent, they will not push the issue. Pete Carroll likes to keep the game close and win it in the fourth quarter with uh, Russell Wilson. So straight up again, if I'm betting, I never bet Seattle as a road favorite. I, I don't like that. I mean, it's got to be under, under three uh, Seattle minus three. I don't like it. I, I want it under three because Seattle plays close games. Um, I don't even know if I want to bet Seattle as a favorite period, but I definitely don't want to give more than three because they will wait till the last I try to win it on. That's how they play. But, um, so on the Colts side, um, we, uh, the Colts are very happy to run the football with Jonathan Taylor and take the time. So these are both teams that there is a definite scenario here where both are kind of like happy to sit back, run it a lot, maybe score a touchdown via the run, maybe take 15 minutes on a long, slow drive, you know, and, and Seattle will oblige. So there is a definite play to the under scenario here that I do not feel confident in this game definitely going bananas. But if it does, you want a piece of it. That's that's what that's what that's of a tournament game for me. Um, some cash game plays, I would say, John. 
I love Michael Pittman, number one wide receiver for um, for the Colts uh, coming out. No, no, um, no real competition for receptions there. Uh, I don't know if Zach Pascal, you know, he's a possession guy. He'll be fine. Uh, probably will exceed expectations and be a, like a value play that no one's going to play this week. I guarantee you no one's playing Zach Pascal. Um, Jonathan Taylor, John. Jonathan Taylor is in that zone of players that like are overshadowed by the Dalvin Cooks, the Christian McCaffreys, and the Alvin Kamaras of the world. No one's playing Jonathan Taylor this week. And he is a leverage play on ownership and tournaments. So there's a lot of tournament goodness going on in this game. Um, flip side on Seattle, like I said, I never play Russ without stacking him with at least two of his guys. Um, you know, DK Metcalf probably going to go bonkers if given the chance. And so will Tyler Loggett. Like, you know, if Russ is cooking, those guys are going to cook too. That's just going to happen. So it's very tournament. I like this game for tournaments. I definitely don't like it for cash. But every piece of this game outside of Pittman, who will be the chalk this week, or I don't want to say chalk. I think Pittman will be well owned at 4,100 on DraftKings and at sub 5K on FanDuel. Like he's going to be owned rightfully so as the number one wide receiver for that team. But, um, you know, we'll see how Carson Wentz does too, man. I was talking about this yesterday with um, Anthony Gargo on the uh, Speakeasy show that, um, you know, we got to see what the story is. Uh, you know, we got to see what the story is with some of these guys. So, um, you know, how is Wentz left the Eagles? You know, is he going to be good? Or is he going to be Wentz of old? We'll, we'll, we'll have to find out if he can be fixed. I think Wentz and Darnold are really interesting. Well, so Frank right. Reich, you know, can Frank Reich do it, right? He's back again. And I love Frank Reich, so. You know who else loved Frank Reich? You. Biggie Smalls. Did Biggie like him? I didn't realize it. Frank oh, yeah. Wright. That's what it's Frank. Saying about Frank, I I used to always I'm like, is that the same guy from Biggie Small? The guy, Whenever I'd hear his name, yeah, I don't I think don't Biggie know. cared about that big comeback against the Oilers. No, yeah, he might have. I don't know. Yeah. All right, um, so that does it for the core four guys. All right, now we're gonna go through the rest of the games on the slate. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna a quick analysis, a little quick DFS angles, quick betting angles, and hammer through the rest of the slate. You ready for this, John? I'm ready. All right. You got to remind me which ones we didn't do yet. All right. One of my favorites that didn't make the core four here, Steelers, Bills. Um, one of my one of my very important. How the fuck did they not make the core four? All right. One of my very important sayings in DFS is uh, always stack the Bills. That's like that's like an important saying. But the, the Bills coming in as home six and a half point favorites against a pretty tough Steeler defense. We'll see how they do this season to come in. Um, 40 and a half point game total. What does anything stand out from you from a betting angles perspective here? John. Yeah, this is the, you know, they're kind of enticing you here with the six and a half, like uh, you're getting just under that that key key number seven. Um, I'm a little bit more bullish on Pittsburgh. That's another one of the teams I'm bullish on, um, I think, than, than most of the market. So my lean here would be would be to the Steelers on the uh, on the betting side of this game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know how to lean on the betting side of this one. It's really tough because the bills are so good. But I agree with you. I think the Steelers are maybe getting a little disrespected. Um, with that total number one, you've got Ben Roethlisberger coming in fresh, healthy, you know, fresh Ben, right? He's healthy. It's the first game of the season. doesn't have the aches and pains. So I, um, I also love the running back that they've added in Pittsburgh. Um, Najee Harris, love the kid as a person. Awesome story. I just, you know, you watch this, you watch this guy be interviewed and you're like, I love this guy. I'm rooting for him to have so much success. He's an awesome person. But um, he's also like the new Le'Veon Bell. So maybe maybe that will balance out that defense, uh, uh, that offense a little bit. 
Um, last year, they were extremely pass heavy, which I love for DFS purposes. You could borderline count on Deontay Johnson getting 10 to 12 targets every single game and being underpriced every single week last year. It was crazy. And we wrote it to so much money that John, I think like outside of the two times that Deontay Johnson got hurt early in a game and fucked up my cash lineups like that, dude, I rode that dude to cash game wins seven or eight weeks in a row where he, no one else would play him. All right. I'll keep doing it. And DFS Army um, subs rolled that with me. So we had an awesome year, uh, primarily because Deontay Johnson would get 12 targets. Um, I like more of the same. Um, one thing about the Bills in, in this matchup that's interesting, the Steelers stop the run really well. But the Bills don't care because they don't run the football. They're like, all right, good for you. Go for it. We don't, we don't run the football, so we don't give a shit. The Bills are going to throw, throw, and throw some more. Um, Stefan Diggs. Maybe secondary pieces, Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe uh, secondary piece, um, Gabriel Davis. Maybe Cole Beasley. You never know of those other three, but Allen to Diggs, lock it up. Fit one of those other three in there. Hope hope you pick right. And I think on the Steelers' side, I don't know if I want to play um, Ben Roethlisberger as a straight-up play, but Deontay Johnson... Projects really well. And of course, Claypool and um, Juju are in the mix. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rank them Deontay, Claypool, then Juju. And I want some Najee Harris as well. Let's see if he can be that six or seven reception per game running back for DFS purposes. And again, Najee going to be lower owned than the Gibsons and um, Joe Mixons of the world who are going to be the chalk at that, at that range. So yeah, I'm loading up on this game. Let's move on to the next one here, John. We've got... A game we both like a lot as well, Vikings, Bengals, Vikings on the road, three and a half point favorites, 47 and a half point game total. Does this scream play to the over to you? Is this like an over bet? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm, it's not going to be an over bet for me, but I, I, you know, it may turn into an over bet as I keep uh, analyzing it. But I think, I don't know. I, I think there's uh there's obviously there's a bunch of question marks in this game. But my gut is telling me this game, we were talking about earlier, which which games should be in the core four. We almost put this one in. Um, but then when we look at the total, you know, it's a little bit lower than the other ones. But I think the potential is there for this game to actually blow up as well. You, you know, big question mark here we're, with the quarterback. Obviously, how does he come back? How does he look? I, John, I think that's the biggest concern here. We don't know. You know, um, Joe Burrow, MCL, ACL, meniscus. I mean, he tore he tore a lot of shit, and it was week eleven, right? So, like, it hasn't even been twelve months yet. Is he back? Yeah. Listen, as a similar someone who's of similar athletic ability to a Joe Burrow, and also has uh, knee issues as myself, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how I can barely walk. So I don't know. You how haven't these guys bounced do it. back. It's been like five years. Five years. I hurt my I hurt my knee in high school. It's still it's still bothering me. So yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, no, these guys, these guys are amazing. Listen, they come back. So I don't know. It's really, it's going to be hard to tell, um, you know, for week one betting, you know, no one's forcing you to bet these games. The, the ones that have the major question marks, go ahead. Let's, let's get a little bit more, uh, data. Let's get a little bit more eyes on, on the game. So if you want to stick, you know, stay away from the, from games like that, you know, by all means, I probably, you know, I'm not going to have a bet myself on this game for, for that reason. But, um, from fantasy, when you're MME in, you got to take some shots because, you know, Burrow could be that game. I don't like the Minnesota defense. I'm bearish on Minnesota uh, on the whole this year. Probably a little bit more bullish on Cincinnati. So 
you know, Minnesota, I don't love. And so if I was going to make a lean on the game, I do like Cincinnati a little bit more in this game. Uh, if I was in an office pool, that would certainly be the side I took. But this could be an interesting game. This could be the game that blows up and wins somebody a million dollars. Um, what I love about Minnesota is they're extremely they, – they have one of the most um, narrow offenses in the entire National Football League. You can absolutely predict where the football is going. They don't throw to tight ends. They don't throw to a WR3. They're throwing to three guys. It's Adam Thielen. It's, uh, it's, um, it's Justin Jefferson. And an occasional toss to uh, Dalvin Cook. And that's it. Now, if I look at your power rankings, 169 yards rushing, this projects for a smash game for Dalvin Cook week one. This is why the ownership is all flowing to Dalvin Cook. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey up top. There's just no um, no, no thing that Cincinnati has done to tell us that they're going to be able to stop Dalvin. Of course, listen, players fail in amazing spots all the time, which is why we leverage ownership above all other things. But you could not ask for a better week one uh, matchup for Dalvin Cook. Um, as far as the passing game goes, even even projecting for just 250 yards, if Cincinnati is keeping up in this game, they're going to have to throw more. That'll increase the work for Justin Jefferson, the touchdown potential for Adam Thielen as well. So, you know, I don't really, I, I will not stack. I won't use Kirk Cousins in Dalvin Cook lineups. That's a, that's a rule that we make that we avoid, right? It's, it could, again, it could lead to a win one day. But you're not going to win a lot of money doing that over time. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, it's either going to be, and I, I I might get some Kirk Cousins exposure here. He's won your tournaments. But in order for that to happen, Dalvin Cook will probably need to be failing. And the the Bengals will need to be scoring heavily. So any sort of Kirk Cousins approach that I use will have a heavy bring back with the uh, Bengals guys. This is why we do those things. This is why fucking uh, correlation is so damn important. So on the Bengals side, all of their wide receivers, John, are massively underpriced for DFS purposes. They just are. Um, everybody's like under 5K, all of them. So, I mean, Boyd is fine. Higgins seems like the best of them. Um, Chase is, is great. Uh, I don't know about the tight end, but Uzuma, you know, he might be okay as well. So, And and the big chalk play on, on the Cincinnati side, it may be bad chalk. I don't know. There's a lot of hype behind Joe Mixon. How do you deal with that chalk, John, th this week? We'll just deal with that situation. I, I think Mixon will be the highest owned of middle-priced running backs by far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I just ran it without making any adjustments, and I came up with 21% uh, ownership on mine. Yeah, um, it could go a little above that. I think he might. I think by game day, you'll see ownership of Mixon closer to 30% than 20 Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable – you know, that 20% number seems about right to me um, there because obviously when we talked about earlier, I'm going to be over on some of these guys who are a little undervalued, maybe the Henry's and, and things like that. I know it's a different price range, but we can't be over on, on every running back. Right. So we're going to have to be under on some. And typically, like I said, for me, it's going to be some of the guys who are going to be higher owned um, than not is where I'm going to be on the under. And really that I think you could take advantage of that in the early weeks because we're all a little, you know, we've seen these guys play, obviously, but you know, year to year, you know, from season long fantasy, how many guys in that first round of the, of a, of a draft actually pan out to be first round picks, probably three on average wind up being first round, uh, you know, give you first round quality. So, yeah. you know, you, you look at that from a DFS standpoint, week one, we all think we know what's going to happen. 
we don't all the time. So I'd much rather be under a little bit on these guys who are going to get overplayed. If it burns me, it burns me. But I think we could take an advantage on uh, some of the lower owned guys. Absolutely. I, I don't think people will play, for example, um, the the rookie wide receiver from the Bengals, um, Chase. Chase? Jamar yeah. Chase, yeah. Jamar Chase. I don't think they'll play him a ton. Week one, again, you haven't seen him do anything. He's very cheap, though, but yeah, they won't he, play him a ton. he had a rough preseason. I I have no problem having, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm just looking at what I ran earlier. I had him at 9%, which is probably going to be over the market. Um, and if this game blows up, who knows? You know, that that could be the piece that you need. So you never I, I know. Think you if never this game, you know, know. If, if this is a game that blows up, there's I think there's so many different options. There's so many different unknowns. Um, if it blows up and not a cook game where this is just kind of cousins against Burrow, just kind of slinging it, um, it's going to be extremely low owned combinations. So if you hit it, you've got a good chance of, uh, of cashing pretty high. Yeah. Again, I, I like the core four games a little bit more, but this is about the last of the games this week where I'm e even interested in game stacking it for DFS purposes. I think for the for the most part, most of the rest of these games are going to be ones we might pluck a player or two from for DFS, and hopefully we'll find some, some fun betting angles for. So um, let's continue here. Next on the list, 49ers, Lions. Lions, you know, epically bad this year. No wide receiver talent whatsoever. Um, 49ers now a, a minus eight favorite. It looks like the line is going, uh, is growing here. Um, minus eight, maybe a little bit, Maybe that might be a little bit lofty against a team in Detroit that, you know, at least they can run the football. And of course, San Francisco still running the old man, Jimmy Garoppolo out there, you know, not quite ready to hand over the reins to the young buck here. We'll see how long that lasts for them. But um, anything betting wise, does this interest you from, I, I know a road team, eight point favorite, first game of the season, a lot of public sentiment, very down on the Lions here. Are you kind of thinking what I'm thinking? I posted a play on this game. So we've got it over at sharpbets.app and in the Discord. So this was one of the early, I think I posted this on Sunday last week or uh, or Monday. So we we got in early on this, uh, early at least this week on this game. It's one of the games I really like. So I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that there for we go. Uh, this week. I don't have a ton of plays yet in there, but this is one of them. Um, but yeah, from a... From a DFS standpoint, I'm not sure how excited you could get here in this game. Uh, San Francisco, obviously, you know what they want to do. They want to run the ball. Uh, I do like I do like Raheem Mostert very much for week one. He's healthy. He's coming in. Um, like I said, he's he's healthy. He's got all of his, you know, full powers at his disposal going up against like a league, bot a bottom dweller run defense that seems they're not claiming to be in tank mode the same way that the the titans uh texans are but they're kind of also in tank mode they clearly forgot to get any wide receivers for the team um their running uh, running back group is is interesting with uh swift seems injured maybe for week one might not get swift in there so it's going to be jamal williams who is fine actually a a fine player but you know it is what it is it's i not thought he was playing good i them. thought swift i thought swift was playing i saw um he, he might i haven't seen the information if he's playing still i don't like him i'm not playing him um, here in this spot the actually the main player that interests me, I think in this game is just going to be Raheem Mostert. I think, um, San Francisco does tend to want to rely on the run when they can, and they probably can here. So they might not need to throw it very much. Do I think that it's out of the realm of things that could happen that Ayuk or Samuel or Kittle could, you know, pop in this game? No, it's not outside of the realm of things that probably could happen, but 
predicting which one in a low scoring game like this, um, probably not the best move if we want to um, if we want to try to like put a lineup together that has a good chance of being successful. So it's one thing we haven't talked about, and I, and, um, I think Burns touches on this um, in his in his ebook. Uh, but on these high when when we have a high spread, especially a high spread low total game, those are not typically games that are good for stacking. Like we like those three point spreads, fifty two, you know, on the total as opposed to a seven and a half point spread, because now the game script seems to be, especially with a team that likes to run the ball, they're going to be, they're going to try to just pound the ball down their throat. If Detroit, if Detroit's not stopping that, they're just going to keep doing it. They're not going to rely on Jimmy G. Um, and you can't really rely on Detroit necessarily to uh, put up a ton of, of points here to make this a game, you know, a game stack viable option. So when you get these big spreads, be careful. Uh, this one looks a little bit more obvious, but you'll see it in other games where you, sometimes you don't want to put that stack in that game. Yeah, every once in a while it works out, or at least um, some form of it works out uh, for the for the big team. But that's that might be those spots. Like last year, Mahomes against the Jets just went bananas. That's, and the Jets didn't answer any of that. That was the game I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. we all you said know, that, and then it happened. We remember that one, Yeah, but we don't talk about the 12 times last season when the right move was fading the game. It was just that one time where it blew up in your face that you're like, Oh, it blew up on me. But for the most part, yeah, widespread. It doesn't, the, the likely scenario isn't a high scoring back and forth affair. And we want the high scoring back and forth affair to get correlative lineups built. So they don't really work that well for that. All right, let's move on to another game here that doesn't look super sexy for DFS purposes, but maybe we could find some, some uh, interest here. Chargers, Washington, 44 and a half point total. Um, you know, pick them game, half point, one point. Actually, this is a really interesting group of spreads here, John, because I, I've got I've got half a point. I've got one and a half points. I've got a minus one, a minus one and a half, and a consensus. I'm trying to find where the hell that one is, but in a consensus point, point five um, point spread. So a, a lot of variance in this little spread here, but it's basically a pick them game. And um, what do you do when it's like a, a one point spread, John? Do you just bet the money line? Is there a point in even... You know, why, why wouldn't you just bet the money line and take a little more, especially if you want yeah, the underdog? It, it's going to depend, right? It depends on what you're getting on the money line. Um, the, when you get down to like one and a half and lower, uh, each move, each half point is worth about a nickel. Um, and what I mean by that is minus 110 to minus 105 or minus 110 to minus 115. That's a five cent move. Um, so just see what you're getting. If you're getting better odds, you have to compare it. If you cut, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into it. We have a free Discord for, um sharp bet you know you guys who are in the, the discord at dfs army just head over to our discord in uh uh for the um for the sharp the sharp, sharp, bet's app, app sharp bets app discord app discord just ask the questions in there like john should i bet this on the money line or should i bet it i've got formulas for all that stuff and you know what what each line move you know when you're around the three and the seven those are worth a whole lot more as far as uh you know points so it's like a 20 cent 25 cents uh move to get off the three and get to two and a half as opposed to like a nickel move to move from a point to a pick em game. So that's why you'll see such a variety of lines here because the line doesn't mean as much. Because it's only a nickel, it's not worth as much, right? So if Washington wins this game the or the chart, whoever wins this game, the chances are very high that that point spread means nothing. You're really just trying to pick who's going to win the game. Whereas so in a game that's, you know, the, tight, the Titan game, the line could very well come down to three. Right. So, so that's why, um, who's winning. The game? I, I do. Well, I'm not going to give you a, a pick on this game because I probably am going to be giving this one out to the VIP members. 
Um, but I know who your pick is. First of all, I listened to your show last night in the Sharp App with Gargano. Um, and I know we talked about future bets. You are all over Washington this year, so I know that's what you like. Yeah, I like Washington here. I like him to pull it out at home. Um, I don't really understand or believe that they should be um, a pick em. As a home favorite, they should be favored by three. I, I think these two teams are similar enough that Washington should be three-point favorites in, in the game. Washington's got it all right now. They've got the great defense. They've got the running game. They've got the quarterback. They have talent at wide receiver. There's nothing that I don't like about Washington right now, the way the team is made up. But the biggest and best part of the team is their elite um, defense. I think that's why we're seeing a low total. I think the low total is correct for the game. So across the board, and Eckler, you know, is got hammy issues already. Fucking Eckler always hurt. So, I mean, we love him when he plays. And when he doesn't play, we, we you know, we suffer. Um, so with all of that going on, I think the Chargers are going to be forced to throw the football quite a bit here. Um, I'm sure that Keenan Allen will do his thing. And maybe Mike Williams will get a couple touchdowns. But Washington should be able to control the football with their running game. They have what I believe to be a top three talent wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. We're going to see that this year with a real quarterback throwing him the football. And I don't mind Terry McLaurin, but uh, this week I, I found him in some builds, but then I rethought it with the 44 and a half point total. It just does not necessarily, I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle him in, but I don't want players from 44 and a half point games. We want players from games with high totals that could shoot out. I don't see this going that way. I see Washington leaning heavily on the run. They will shut it down if they're ahead. You know, if they're ahead twenty to to three, Washington will just lean on. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pour it on. They're just gonna lean on that run, shut it down, and try to get the win. Similar to how Miami played last year, we're gonna see a lot of that. So I, I like the Washington passing offense in games when the opponent I think can keep up high scoring. But in this case, I think there's gonna be a lot of sort of running. I think it's gonna be a lot of three and outs for both sides. It doesn't per, um, look very sexy for DFS. I think the only play that I'm interested in is actually Antonio uh, Gibson, who should be fine and quote the new Christian McCaffrey. We'll see if that happens. All right, John, let's move on to the next game here. We've got the Jets, my beloved Jets taking on the Panthers, Sam Darnold, revenge narrative, full force, 44 and a half point total. It's gross. Um, four and a half point spread for the Panthers. Seems weird to me. Don't know why the Panthers should be favored here personally but um john do you see any betting angles here to exploit before we get into the dfs angles uh, i'm not i'm not sure why you don't think the panthers should be favored why should they game? be favored they have sam darnold at, at the helm like he's not good and who do the jets have as a quarterback fucking zach wilson hot okay. mom <laughs> all right hot so girlfriend. yeah so the best player on New the field pat mahomes the zach wilson <clears throat> if darnold could just get the ball to CMC, he could do whatever the other Carolina quarterback has done. Um, you know, they've thrown how many bad quarterbacks has Carolina put out there um, in the last couple of years? Uh, just you know, with guys getting hurt, uh, some guys whose names you can't even remember, um, who have been you know they weren't great, but they were serviceable. Um, I, this is Darnold's shot. I'm not going to get too deep into Darnold. I, I'm not terribly bullish on him. Uh, I think they could have gone uh, with some some different options, but. They're certainly a better team than the Jets right now on paper. This is another oh, one of those games. It is so, you know, there are so many moving parts now that I think it's a tough game to bet. You've got new quarterbacks for both teams. Um, I'd be leery about betting this game. And again, from a fantasy standpoint, obviously you've got CMC. What else do you really like uh, in this game? I mean, there, there are definitely other potential angles here. Um, Elijah Moore, uh, 
looks great as a rookie potentially, and he's 3K on DraftKings. Like, you know, if they throw to him, he could smash in this spot. Panthers um, secondary is not exactly known as shutdown um, on the Jets side. You know, uh, Corey Davis, I'll throw him in the mix as well as a potential one-off play was peppered with targets in the preseason on the Panthers side. Um, obviously, I'm not a Sam Darnold fan. I actually like Jets defense in this game a little bit um, because Darnold had been a turnover machine for the most part of his career. Again, we'll find out if that was Adam Gase effect or if Darnold, the ghosts that Darnold was seeing were real. And maybe first game, the head clears. And until maybe it takes a couple games till the head starts to fill up with the craziness and the mistakes start to happen. I, I don't really know. But on the on the Panther side, obviously, you know, Jets secondary is absolutely horrid. They don't have anything going on outside of, you know, a decent safety. The the cornerback play is really bad. Um, you know, so you have to be interested in DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson has a history with Sam Darnold as well. He's had big games. So, and of course, Christian McCaffrey. So there are some pieces that are interesting. One off. I don't want a lot of pieces from a game like this with a low total, but especially the cheap guys like an Elijah Moore for the Jets. Yeah, Elijah Moore for the Jets. And and maybe um I'm not I'm not going as far as Terrace Marshall on the Panthers quite yet, but I mean, it won't take much for him to have a good game either, but I don't, I don't see a great game, even a three K out of him. I could see more out of um, uh, the jets uh, more because uh, Jameson Crowder has the COVID this week. So he's probably not going to play and, and we'll get more in a, in a legitimate role for the team. All right, let's move on. Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, 45 point total Jaguars, only a three point. Now this one is the reverse, John. But the, the Texans are straight tanking this year. They don't even give a shit, right? They're like, we don't care. We're we're here to lose every game. They might not win a game. And John, I've got, I know you do your survivor show. By the way, let, let's promote that over on the Sharp app as well. Some some people said, hey, I don't bet. John's Survivor Weekly Show is on the Sharp app. That alone, you just download it. It's a free show where he will guide you through your survivor leagues this season. You had some incredible insights. At the beginning of that percentage, we're not going to get into that. We don't have the time. But my survivor play this year is just follow the Texans and everybody who plays them. I'm just going to play the opponent. It's going to be easy for me because the Texans will lose every game this season. So I don't need to worry about if the team that I'm choosing my survivor is going to lose the game. Is that a viable strategy? Well, you're not going to be the only one doing that, right? So a lot of people are going to do that. Think about last year. Are they listening to my show? Is this what's happening? How, do we have influence? Who, who was the worst team in football last year? Jacksonville? Worst record? Because the they Jets were. screwed up. Who? What was the? What was week one? What was there? Didn't they beat the Colts in week oh, one? Oh, man, that was horrible. Right? It's just crazy, right? So you never really know. That knocked um, me out of my survivor last year. Of course. Year. It knocked a ton idea. of people out week one, right? So everyone's got those scores um from from a year ago and it happens all the time now i do agree with you uh i put a whole spreadsheet together like i said the show's called scratch and surviving a little homage you to gotta watch that good times man yeah good if, if we remember the good times theme scratching and surviving so Dying we've got no might i love it i love that one of my favorites of all time this show but by the way we have a guy who comments in the comment section called jimmy walker and every time he comments i'm like <laughs> dino might that is kid dynamite man yeah so uh, I wonder if he wears the same pajamas to bed. But, he actually uh, looks more like the Jimmy Walker golfer <laughs> version. But I still, when I see the name, I'm like, Dino might. In the comments. This game, yeah, no, but dude, I'm with you on this game. Now, depending on the, we're talking about Survivor quickly, depending on the the structure of your league, uh, you know, Jacksonville's not a team that you're probably going to want to take um, all that often. They have little future value. So if you're in a league, especially where you have to take multiple picks, 
Jacksonville is going to score a lot higher. Carolina as well, which apparently you don't like. But a lot of people are going to take Carolina this week for the same reasons because it's not a team Do not you likely want to you, you yeah. want to take. Um, I will have a, a decent amount of Carolina in my uh, in my picks. I you know listen. Don't take them in your survival. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more. Like I said, download the app and you'll, you'll watch that whole video uh, I did on that every each and every week. But the um, as far as fantasy in this game, boy, it's this is this is tough to uh, this is a tough game to. to look I, I think at. it's just one guy, John. I, I think yeah. it's just Robinson, Jimmy Robinson, Jimmy Robinson, Jimmy Robinson. We don't Jim. know who how Lawrence is going to look. I, I definitely don't want to. You know, again, it's not a stack game. Very low ownership. Uh, I don't know which wide receiver is good. I know that um, Marvin Jones Jr. is going to be kind of chalky week one. Um, he'll be looked at as like the better of the three Jacksonville wide receivers, super cheap. But, man, DJ Shark could have a big game. LaVisca Cheneau could have a good game. Or yeah. they could just lean on the defense and score defensively. Oh, I, I will say this for Tyrod Taylor. He's not been a turnovers guy. He's he's As a quarterback, historically, he's, he's got a very, very low turnover rate. But he's also not a, you know push the football down the field guy. He's a very, he's like an Alex, he's like an Alex Smith. Like, you know, you're getting a boring game when Tyrod Taylor's at the helm. If you're coach, if you're, if you're Jacksonville, you're the coach. I mean, to me, your game plan is listen, we're playing a team that really can't score too many points. Let's be conservative. We've got a good running back. We got a rookie quarterback. Let's kind of feed him the ball. If the game's going well, we'll just keep doing that and get out of here with a win and, and kind of get that first win under our, our rookie's belt. That spells, um, you know, do you want to throw him out? You know, you want him out there throwing 50 passes? Probably not, unless you absolutely have to. So no. I think going into this game, they're they're thinking about leaning on the run. Yeah, it spells big game for Jimmy Rob uh, Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, that's who we want. We want Robinson in this game. Um, by the way, Robinson is massively underpriced on FanDuel. He is a, a pricing error borderline. So he's going to be one of the higher owned FanDuel plays of the week. I think that's the correct. Um, way to approach it. I'm going to play some uh, some of him on DraftKings as well. Again, he's priced in the zone with Mixon and Gibson and all of those other guys, and he'll be lower owned than those other guys. So I'll play some of him on both sides. I like uh, Robinson in this game against the terrible Houston defense. Let's move on. We got a couple games left, John. Let's hammer through it. Um, Dolphins, Patriots, you know, new look Patriots team, Mac Jones, a better Patriots team than the Cam Newton version. I promise you. Right. Um, Miami Dolphins look great this year. Tua, uh, all reports, very, very good out of training camp, um, throwing the football well. Uh, they've had some uh, some uh, couple injuries in the preseason for their wide receiver core, but they seem to all be together for the most part for this game. So 44 point total Patriots favored Patriots favored. I guess I guess the 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 books are saying similar team, young quarterbacks. We don't know. Let's just let's just punt it. And give the Patriots the three-point home field edge. This is a punt by the handicappers. That's what it feels like to me. They don't want to take a stand. Yeah, keep in mind, your home field advantage is probably about one and a half these days. Probably about what's well, not three anymore. All right, so just keep that in mind when you're looking at these lines. Because the about one and a half. replay. You, exactly, you understand. You've been doing this with me now long yeah, enough. Replay, and me. they've actually added a couple of things. Now replay can come from upstairs. Um, I believe on certain plays, they can actually, you can actually replay without a challenge now. Um, so we're going to see maybe even more replay, which lowers home field advantage just a tad. So I think one and a half is pretty safe. Uh, that's where we've been the last few years on home field. So they're actually saying New England's probably a slightly better team. We saw this though when we did the future show together over at the Sharp app, where you didn't understand the pricing on New England to win this, this division. I don't. Um, your hedge was 
listen, Buffalo is going to win the division, but if they don't, it's Miami and you yes. gave New England no chance. Well, at the time, Cam Newton was the quarterback in fairness, yes. and no team with Cam Newton at the helm is winning anything. Agreed. But um, we'll have to see about Mac Jones and, and if he's good. He looks good. He looks the part. Tough. Listen, rookie quarterback, first game. You, you, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily put my money on that. So if if you're asking me for a lean betting wise, I'll take Miami. I'm not a huge fan of Tua either. Has he been starting? Has he looked a little bit better? Yeah. So this is a game. I this is I need to see a little bit more the, in this game. Let me just say, DFS purposes, stay the fuck away from this game. Yeah. These are two elite defensive teams. Um, if Jacoby Myers was 3K, uh, the law firm Jacoby Myers, what personal injury attorney and personal uh, slot reception attorney Jacoby Myers. If he was a little cheaper on on Fanduel this on DraftKings this week, I'd be interested in him at three K thirty five hundred. They priced him like like he's in like five K. I mean, he's almost Julian Edelman's salary. I get it. He's Julian Edelman light. I I, I get it. But no. Now uh, Michael Robert is mentioning uh, Harris. I, Harris is fine. Uh, Harris is fine. Except Miami's defense is very good. So like Harris could have the big game. I do think that um the. I, I do I like a bet on Harris to score a touchdown, by the way, in this game. I do think the Patriots will try to lean on him. They're not going to want the rookie quarterback throwing uh, in the red zone. One thing I've learned, John, in watching football games, and, and I learned just a little bit. One thing is when it's a rookie quarterback, the hardest place to complete a pass is in the red zone. And, and they, they want to run it. A smart coach says, I don't want to put it in his hands. It's too quick action over here. Let's run the football in. Let's pound the rock for the touchdown. So look for Harris to get a touchdown in this game. Will that be enough to uh, produce a sort of tournament winning score, though? I'm not so sure. So he probably needs two touchdowns to get there. It's not out of the realm of possibility, a low scoring game, but that's what he's going to need. Um, he's going to need two touchdowns, probably, because they don't really throw to Harris. So that could happen, though. So I like it as a as sort of a deep tournament play. Get a little Harris exposure. I'm cool with. That. I'm definitely starting him in some uh, fantasy football leagues as well. So um, you know he's the going to be the guy. And I don't. I don't think Ramondre Stevenson is a supreme threat uh, right off the bat on this no. team. One one quick one though, Geek Waddle. On this, Waddle's what you, interesting. What you, okay, yeah. but I mean he's got the again the cornerback play on the cornerback play for for New England is really really good. So Waddle again Waddle's interesting to me because he's three K. Like these, he's one of the he's one of that group of rookie wide receivers. I'm, I'm going to mix them in because you know one of them's having a big game. They don't have to have a monster game. at 3K. If you score 20 fantasy points, you're you're in the tournament winner. So it just takes like a pretty good game from a rookie, like 22. You can get. Can you foresee 22 fantasy points from any? Like Waddle could definitely be that guy. Could happen. Um. So you gotta gotta keep that in mind. All right. I think we've got two games left, John. Um. Packers Saints. This one was that in the core four? It was not. It's rare that a game, the Packers Saints, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be. It's close. That that was another one. So I mean, uh, very briefly here. <laughs> Listen, Aaron Rodgers frequently leads to tournament wins when he's doing his thing, when he's shaking and baking. You know, that's what he'd do. So uh, four point spread, Packers at uh, on the road, Saints 49 and a half point total. Jameis Winston quarterback, not much going on at wide receiver for the Saints. Packers have an elite secondary led by Yair Alexander. And I'm just going to say this, you know, Marquez Callaway going to be chalk against an elite secondary with the Packers. They might throw Yair Alexander on this kid because they have no one else to cover um, 
as a wide receiver, is this a bad chalk situation that's that's presenting itself in DFS? Because again, Marcus Callaway is going to be probably the most popular pay down option on the slate. Yeah, I don't know if it's bad chalk. I ran it. I had him all the way up at uh, just just running it without touching it. Thirty five percent. Very so, chalk. Yeah, he he's popping. You know, he's going to pop up on everyone when when people are hitting their optimizers. He's going to pop up there. We know what Jameis has done in the past. He's a Jameis is a fantasy machine. I don't want him as my quarterback if I'm rooting for the team to win a Super Bowl, but I love him as my. He, he's as, very as good for wide receiver has. production. Yeah, I mean Jameis is going to throw the ball. He's going to he's going to kill. You know, he's going to get his three interceptions, two of them in the red zone, and 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 it's going to cost his team the win. But he's also going to throw for 400 yards and and four touchdowns. You know, that's that's what you're getting. So actually, the Saints here become a better. Uh, I think they become a better, from a wide receiver standpoint, fantasy option than they were under Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a guy who kind of, you know, I mean, he, he had seven receivers. You know, he would always hit seven or eight receivers. It was really hard to stack Drew Brees' teams. Um, you almost had to stack them with Kamara, uh, that sort of thing. To me, it's interesting what happens here to Kamara. I know in season-long leagues, he was going, you know, third, fourth in most leagues. Does Kamara take a step back here with Jameis? Does Jameis play differently here? Than you know the the dump down guy like a Drew Brees. Jameis wants to throw the ball down the field. I think there is some risk on the Kamara side. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Kamara should be fine with uh, Jameis Winston in terms of the style of play. I think Kamara is going to actually function function as a number one wide receiver for this team uh, because I was worried about Kamara with Taysom Hill. We saw last season Taysom Hill stealing the touchdowns. It really took away from Kamara when Hill was in the game. But when when um, when Winston's in there, I mean, the, the offense should kind of run similar to outran with Breeze, uh, maybe a little more gunslingy, maybe a little more turnover, as you said, but it should it should run about the same. And and so in that scenario, yeah, I mean, there's always a concern with Kamara in the fact that he's not getting 25 touches most weeks. But, you know, Lats Murray is gone. The vulture is gone. They've got a guy backing him up now. But um, for the most part, it's going to be Kamara's game. And, and in games last year without Michael Thomas, Kamara really shined as a 10 reception running back. I mean, you just can't shake your thumb, your nose at 10 receptions potentially, especially against a Packers secondary that stops the passes to the wide receivers really well. You're going to have to throw to Kamara a bit. So um, overall, I think he's fine. I think he's in the mix with the rest of those guys to have a big game. He's going to be higher owned, like we said, than, than Derrick Henry. He's going to be higher owned than Jonathan Taylor, but he'll be maybe a little lower owned or, or about the same as Dalvin Cook and, and Christian McCaffrey. So he's just in that mix of studs. It's not it's not like, you know, the game is a high total. It, everything on paper says, yeah, that might be a pretty good play. And on and on the flip side, one one interesting Bobby Wow play here in this game, John, he said, hey, everybody's playing Marquez Callaway. You know, maybe Ayer Alexander on Marquez Callaway bust out Traquan the chef Smith. Um, he shows up fucking. You know, he's got that deep tie. He's exactly the kind of guy that, um, you know, Winston would like to throw deep bombs to. So really deep GPP play would be Traquan the chef uh, in this one as an interesting uh, alternative to as an interesting alternative to Mark West Callaway. Flip side, I always want to play Devontae Adams. Any ch chance I get, I want to play Devontae Adams. And I think uh, both Valdez Scantling and Randall Cobb are, are good secondary pieces. Robert Tunyon. So it's a if I'm playing Aaron Rodgers in this game, it's QB plus two all day. Um, Aaron Jones is in that mix as well, but usually the Saints stop the run. So it'd be Rodgers with any two of Adams, Cobb, Adams, uh, Adams, Tunyon, 
Adams, uh, Martez Valdez-Scanling, who I think will uh, have a, a better year. And again, it's that second player. One little correlation note, got to move on here, but one little correlation, it's that sec, it's the WR2, it's the WR3, it's the tight end. Those are more correlated with the with the QB1 than the WR1 is. So th that's another reason why those double stacks are working so well. Because when, when Aaron Rodgers is actually producing a tournament winning score, it's going to take more than just Devontae Adams to carry him. It, it He's more core. The, the, when you look at the actual correlation numbers, it's always bigger with the second and third wide receiver. Because when those guys smash, then the quarterbacks are really smashing. So I want that double stack here and maybe a comeback with either Kamara or um, Traquan the chef or, or Marquez Callaway. But it's less, it's less chalky when it's part of a game stack. All right. John, let's move on. I think this is our Denver yep. and the Giants. That's it. Yeah, Denver Giants. Last game of the breakdown, and it's a gross one. 41 and a half point total, uh, three point spread. Denver coming in as road favorites. And man, John, is there anything to like about this Giants offense? <laughs> no, I'm I'm worried about you know the one real good piece that they have is uh, obviously is Barkley, and I'm 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 kind of worried about him coming off of. Uh, Snap count injuries and 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 how much volume he's going to get. So yeah, this game this from a betting standpoint, I don't particularly love it. And uh, from a DFS standpoint, obviously this one doesn't look very. Yeah, good nothing at stands all. out to me. I think you can't play um, Saquon Barkley just yet. It's too early in the season for that. He's too expensive relative to the number of snaps he may not get because he's coming off injury. On the flip side, with the Bron, and I don't want anything to do with Danny Dimes and whoever he's throwing to. Um, on the flip side. On the on the passing game or on the Broncos side, they're splitting the carries between two running backs with Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. I don't like that on a low scoring game. I do like Jerry Judy a little bit as a standalone sort of player this year um, under a Teddy Bridgewater regime, but not enough in a forty one point total to really want to play him in daily fantasy. So this game's pretty much an avoid for me across the board. That's it, my man. That'll do it. The first game plan of the 2020, 2021 NFL season, John, this was good. Um, Rebranded Geeks Vegas Lines game plan. We'll be back every week, Thursday, Thursday morning, every week at this time. If you haven't already done so, DFS Army is having a kickoff special. We never do this. 20% off. You are locked in. If you sign up between now and Sunday, for a VIP or core four account, you want to go get that going, get in there. You get all of these tools, John's power rankings, the domination station optimizer, the chalkboard. I, I, I can go on and on. We have more premium tools than any other site in existence. We coach up our subscribers how to win the monies. So go sign up at dfsarmy.com as a VIP or for the core four. If you're not into, you know, other sports that aren't, you know, core sports, you can get 20% off using promo code kickoff. And of course, for John representing um, Sharp app, go download the Sharp app, just type it in app store, IO store, Sharp app, or go to sharp.app, you'll get the links to download. When you download the first 1000 registered users, you, there, it's a free app right now, everything's free, including John's Sharp Academy training course, which is unbelievable stuff. John Alessia, the goat himself, 30, 30 part series so far, continuing. Everything you need to know about sports betting, beginner, 
intermediate, advanced level stuff, everything you need to know broken down into 15 to 20 minute courses. You've got to do this. It's still free on the app. And when you download the app, you get access to sharpbets.app, the betting service where John leads a team of handicappers giving out his picks every single week. Get a free month of that. Go sign up now. And yes, do not play Galloway week one. Um, shitty game, low scoring game. No reason to play it. Okay, for myself, for John Alessia, we will see you back here next week on the game plan.